Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. Uh, welcome to Owl Pellets, guys. We're here. Brian and myself. Marshall is still en route. We don't know where he is. He's taking some sort of Iowa tour <laughs> on his way to the conference. We are here at the NACTA 2018 conference. That's North American Colleges and Teachers of Agriculture. Um, we have with us today Craig Derrick from the University of Tennessee Martin and he's done some work with online lesson plans and um, putting those online courses out for high school students and so we talked a little bit about whether or not those would be available could we give these to teachers yes you could awesome now that I'm putting you on the spot you really don't have much of a choice to say anything else. <laughs> Excellent. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Craig, tell us a little bit about the project overall and um, what it is that you're doing. Okay, so um, I'm with the College of Agriculture at UT Martin, and we're in the Department of Agriculture, Geosciences, and Natural Resources. Um, our, pro our department offers some online courses through dual enrollment for high school students. Yeah. And so we have most of our freshman ag courses, plant science, animal science, ag engineering, ag business, available for high school students to take as dual enrollment. And I also have some sophomore level classes that students in high school can take. So a horse science and an animal behavior class, of which this poster relates to. So what I'm looking at is trying to get students prepared for college at the high school level by giving them a sort of format for studying and preparing for class. So in the classes that I teach online that are offered through dual enrollment, I offer uh, weekly homeworks in which they get multiple attempts to take that to get their best score. Okay. My philosophy behind doing that is twofold. One is it exposes them to more of the material in the class. So they can make a first attempt, they get 25 questions for that week's homework. If they're happy with their score, that's fine, they can keep it. If they want to make a second attempt at the homework, they'll get a random new pool of questions. So some of the questions might be the same, some of them are going to be new. You can see from the poster that they get a significantly higher score on their second <laughs> attempt, right? And that then prepares them for a test. So when they yeah. have a test in the course, students that make a second attempt at the homework are getting a higher test score, and that is significant. And it's a positive correlation. Mm -hmm. So I feel that they're getting exposed to more material in their weekly homework which is making them more prepared for the test. 
That leads to their success in the course. They feel they're doing better, so their self-worth is better in the classes that I teach using this technique. That's fantastic, because one of the things we've talked about a lot is that homework is actually a teaching tool. Yes. You know, it shouldn't, it's not just about assessment. It can, it can be an yeah. assessment, but also a teaching tool. And what we're doing here is they're able to do that first attempt. They like the score, but then kind of reflect on that experience, know where they need to kind of bone up, go back in, knowing that they're going to get new questions, but they at least kind of have a, a better understanding of that, and that prepares them for that final test. And so we've said that, I don't know, a thousand times probably on Al Pellets. Well, I've said it less because I'm younger, so I haven't been doing this as long. Oh, well, you're both younger. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, unfortunately a running gag with this one. Um, but, you know, we, we find that, again, don't let these type of things that we do, because some people say they don't like homework, that homework's useless or whatever else. But when, we, when you're, you're tapping into the real power that homework can be, uh, this teaching tool to prepare them for that next step, that it's not just about getting that score in the grade book. Because a lot of our high school teachers, you know, there was a time where principal said, you need to put a grade book, you know, grade in the grade book every week or every day or whatever else. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, so much. But here's a real um, teaching tool, and you're showing us evidence here that it pays off in the, in the yes. long run. The statistics is positive. Yep. Um, and it gives the students the choice, which I think is important. Mm -hmm. The other thing about offering it in this online environment is students now have 24-7 access. And so if they have a busy schedule, they're trying to work in this, in this case, a dual enrollment class around some of their other high school activities, if they're going away to uh, blue and gold, you know, uh, in Indianapolis or right. someplace like that, it all works out. Excellent. And so one of the things that, I, that I'm, I'm going to be the, the skeptic for the minute, and so they're going to go from here, and I'm going to say, well, you're going to let the kids take it again, so the kid's not going to study for test one bomb test one so no they're going to know the questions and then go into test two do you see any of that or that was exactly i think i think I, I, I think there's a couple safeguards you got in place for that that's so. right so in this i am only doing this multiple attempt for homework yeah. it's not for a test mm -hmm. so a term test or a final exam are completely separate assessments than this weekly homework where they have the ability to take a multiple attempt right so that's one safeguard uh, the second thing is it's a pool of questions for each subject area. So there might be 50 to 75 questions. When they get an attempt, they're getting randomly 25 questions that relates to that subject. Yeah. So if they make the second attempt, there may be different questions. Mm -hmm. So they're not just, hey, I can change my answer. The other safeguard is that if you look at the online course management, and in this case it's Canvas. Mm -hmm. You can do it in Blackboard and other web, I can't remember, web something. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can use their quiz features, whatever course management software. So I use a combination of multiple choice, true, false, fill in the blank, short answer where they actually have to write a sentence. Yeah. And I have to go in then and check each of those answers because the computer just doesn't automatically grade a short answer question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, I'm encouraging students to think about things and actually go look for the correct answer before they go in. And they're not just guessing. Yep. See, cause I did, I really, when I saw this poster upstairs, I thought, I'm, I wanted to hear your viewpoint because I, when I was teaching high school, it face to face, we did um, multiple attempts for homework as a school-wide 
initiative that, that had to happen. But we had a lot of students that were like, oh, I just want more time to do it. So I'll, I'll just totally bomb the first one. And then that gives me an extra week. Yeah. So that's perfect. And I, I thought, man, like I'm grading everything twice and the first ones are terrible and they're not learning anything. So I put into place this aspect that in order to be allowed to do a second attempt, you had to at least get a C on the first attempt to show that you're doing something and then moving forward from that. So how do you manage the grade part of that? Because we went back and forth between like, does it just replace the first grade? Because if so, they don't have a lot of motivation or do you average the two of them together? What do you do with that? Okay. so. In, this, in these classes, the students get their highest grade. Okay. So there's no downside to them not making a se second attempt. Right. It's the student's choice on whether they want to. And you can see from the pie graph on mm -hmm. that poster that some students, about 9% or a little less than 10, only make one attempt. And they right. don't even attempt a second attempt at homework. And you've got about 6% of students that are on every homework, they're going to do multiple attempts. Right. So most, the majority of students are somewhere in between. And, and it might be, well, I've got a softball game tonight, I don't have time to get my second attempt in. Right. And so that week, they're only making one attempt. But at other weeks, they'll make a second attempt. Right. So it's got some flexibility in there to help the students. Um, when you look at reasons why they don't make a second attempt, in the surveys that I've given, uh, the main student perspective is that I either got a good score on the first attempt, I'm happy with that, which is good right. for everybody, or I didn't have time is a common yeah. response. So that requires a little more maybe analysis on my part to see what that really means. Is it right. because they're lazy or because they truly don't have time or is there some other factor? Yeah. So I am looking at that in some of the, the pool data that I'm putting together. That's correct. So in, this, in these classes, what percentage of the final grade is the homework? Okay, so in these two classes for this poster, there were a total of 550 points mm -hmm. for the whole course. And with the eight homeworks at 25 points each, that's 200 points. So it's a little over a third, 30 percent. Mm -hmm. uh, so still a pretty substantial portion of the overall points is right. still here. So it's, right. it's still very, very important. Right. And I think you hit on that. I mean, we talk about students, and one of the big things that we want is giving students choice. Sometimes it's that choice within some sort of boundary, and that's what you're giving them. I mean, you're, they, they only have to take it once. But the, the opportunity is there if they want to improve it to take it uh, 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 again and take that higher score. And again, they have to, to then figure out that they want to put that effort into it. That's right. Do you inform them at the beginning of the semester that those that do multiple attempts tend to do better yes, in the class I do. overall? Yes, I do. So do you think that enhances the, um, and just increases the number of students that are like, okay, I didn't think I was going to, but now I'm I'm, I'm sure hoping it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, that's positive life advice. Yes. Make yeah. that attempt and do better. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you heard our guest speaker this morning. Yeah. Do your best, right? Mm -hmm. Work yep. hard. Work hard. Do your yeah. best. So, this gives those students that want to do that the chance to do that. Awesome. Well, this is really cool. I mean, this is some some really hard numbers for us to look at when we talk about this idea of homework, how we use it as a teaching tool, how do we address um, the opportunities to have people do multiple attempts. And so hopefully here's some real practical tips that you can use in your classrooms as well. Um, nothing's perfect. You know, we talked about some hiccups along the way to do that. but. I think overall we can really tap that into that motivation by giving students the choice, 
giving them the opportunity to actually be able to improve their things and understanding all the pressures students are under nowadays, whether or not they're dual enrolled or high school students or whatever else. Yeah. And, and they're going to use it as that, as that tool as well. Yeah. Well, we have to remember the end goal, right? Like, there might be some hiccups, and it may be a little tougher as far as, like, the amount of things that you have to grade. But if it's improving student scores and they're learning overall, that's the end right. goal, right? I think that's the end goal. That's yeah. right. And you've got this as, as a substantial portion of the overall course grade, but it's not all of it. There's still other yeah. things they have to do. It's that's not right. like you're just giving this all away. They still have to do the other tests and the other things that you other, – the other assignments that you have. And – but there are – there is – it's still significant enough for them to want to do a good job on this and not just blow it off. And so. it helps students that have different learning styles. So if you're just a student and you're not a good test taker, this is where you need to put your effort in to get an overall good grade in the course. Mm -hmm. If you do good on these points and you're not a good test taker, you're still doing well in the course. Yeah, it evens it out a little. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps them motivated throughout so they're not, right. well, I failed a test, yeah. I might as well just not try anything anymore. That's exactly right. Awesome. Craig, thank you so much for taking some time to um, chat with us. I know it's weird when a total stranger comes up and is like, I have some recording equipment in the basement. Would you mind coming with me? Well, when, so. you're, when you're up in front of the classroom all the time and now online teaching, it's whatever. Just goes, it's whatever. <laughs> down to our, our little lair down here in this bunker yeah. that they put us in. It's pretty nice. <laughs> it is. So thank you again. Um, folks, tune in and let us know. Yeah, we are still at NACTA. And so um, if you have questions or comments, things that you're using for um, both online classes and how you guys manage homework attempts and multiple attempts at projects and things, um, let us know in the comments and we'll just kind of keep that conversation going. So thanks for Brian and myself, Craig and Marshall. Where are you at, Marshall? Where, that's where we're gonna play. Where in the world is Marshall, Marshall. Baker? <laughs> somewhere. The airlines are not are not the airline guys are no, not smiling on Marshall thing. right now. He's probably stuck somewhere. Who knows I where? I know. I feel he bad does again. Him. He does exist. Marshall Baker <laughs> does exist. We have seen him. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time. One of the jobs of an ag teacher is to prepare students for their callings later in life, and for some of our students, that calling can mean college, which we all know comes with a pretty hefty price tag which is why I want to share with you the Razorback Ag Academy. The University of Arkansas created the Razorback Ag Academy through the College of Agricultural, Food, and Life Sciences, specifically for high school ag students like yours. Instead of paying thousands for tuition, your students can enroll in online courses like Intro to Animal Science and Foundations of Agricultural Education for $39. The best part? They can enroll right now as high school students. If you're interested in learning more about offering the University of Arkansas's Razorback Ag Academy to your students, I'd love to talk to you about it. You don't even have to be local. It's all online. Just contact me, Kate Shoulders. My contact info is listed in the details of this podcast. You want to help your students prepare for their life after graduation, and the University of Arkansas wants to help you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets. Tips for Ag Teachers.